0: This is The Simi Sarah Show On Demand. Subscribe now on iTunes. Listen to the show each weekday, 10 to 2, on 980 CKNW and through the Radio Player app. What is our fascination with this next story? I don't know what it is. I mean, over the years, there have been lots of cases, crimes committed. Some of them come and go, but this one... The story of Charles Manson seems to somehow still be deeply embedded. It was 50 years ago that Charles Manson orchestrated the murders of Hollywood elite, really, including a pregnant Sharon Tate. And her friends. We've recently seen this once again back in the news with the release of the Quentin Tarantino movie, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, where this is actually one of the side plots of that. It just shows you how embedded into news and pop culture that event, horrific as it was has become so global news reporter jeff semple took a look back at this infamous case he also tried to debunk some of the myths around the man who really has become synonymous with the word evil
1: if i started murdering people there'd be none of you left it's been half a century since charles manson's name became synonymous with madness I'd take this book and beat you to death with it, and I wouldn't feel a thing. In the summer of 1969, the American cult leader ordered his followers to murder at least nine people. Manson was convicted of first-degree murder and narrowly avoided the death penalty after California abolished the punishment. Instead, he died in prison five decades later at the age of 83. But the morbid fascination with his story lives
0: on. This is a case that uh, has kept people absolutely fascinated, transfixed, uh, and is really synonymous with the recognition of serial killers. Manson's become this literal shorthand for evil. It is incredible to
1: sort of look around the, the sort of range of material that it generates and attracts. The 50th anniversary of the Manson murders has spawned a host of new movies and books including Quentin Tarantino's Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. And the rehashing of Manson's story is also refueling the many myths surrounding his case, some of which he himself helped to create. The first Manson myth dates back to his childhood, born in Ohio to a teenage mother and an absent father. He spent his early years in and out of prison, mostly for petty crimes. But Manson told much taller tales of growing up desperately poor and alone. One popular myth recalls how his mother actually sold her son for a pitcher of beer. Kind of left out the part that he was raised mostly by an uncle and aunt and a doting grandma who gave him fancy birthday parties, bought him nice clothes. Charlie was a hustler, he was a fraud. Manson used those childhood myths to turn himself into a legend, at least in the eyes of his followers. The so-called Manson family, a cult of as many as a hundred people. Manson's eerie ability to control his followers remains a source of mystery and intrigue. And it's also where we find another Manson myth, his seemingly supernatural power of persuasion. He managed to make the world think he was some kind of mystical mass killer who could control zombie-like followers. and. Absolutely none of that was the case. He had no original philosophies. He stole everything from the Bible, Beatles lyrics, and Dale Carnegie's How to Win Friends and Influence People. He never had more than a couple dozen drug-addled teenagers and young people following him and most of them wanted to leave. But some remained and were even willing to kill for him.
0: Charles Manson never actually physically murdered anybody that we know of.
1: Instead, Manson ordered others to do his dirty work, convincing five of his followers to become murderers. He kind of descended into madness. He had an acid trip where he felt like he was being crucified. And he took that as being uh, that he was the coming Christ. The first victim was Gary Heinman Manson's friend and fellow musician. Manson needed money to launch his own recording career and sent three of his followers to Heinman's house. Which brings us to perhaps the most pervasive Manson myth, his motive for the murders. At the crime scene, the words Helter Skelter were written in blood. Helter Skelter! The title of the hit Beatles tune which Paul McCartney says describes the rise and fall of the Roman Empire. But Manson had his own interpretation. It just kind of means chaos. It just means craziness. The prosecutor in the court case, Vincent Bugliosi, used the helter-skelter calling card to promote his own theory that Manson murdered members of the Hollywood elite to incite an apocalyptic race war by framing pro-black activists for the killings. Manson always denied the race war theory. The last person to ever interview him was Canadian James Buddy Day.
0: Really the true story is one of drugs and dynamics and and drug deals gone wrong and all sorts of craziness, all these events that just kind of led to these murders. But that helter-skelter
1: theory which helped to convict him also turned his case into an international spectacle. The media were looking for someone like Charles Manson to fill that space in 1969. He confirmed and crystallized a lot of the anxieties and a lot of the issues and debates that were then circulating around what we might refer to as the counterculture, but also other elements of American culture, like the Hollywood elite. A story of drugs, rock and roll, mind control, and Hollywood race wars. It's little wonder the Manson myths have survived so long.
0: That's Jeff Semple taking a look back. You know, we were talking about this amongst ourselves here. And, like, I remember growing up in the 80s, it felt like they were always interviewing Charles Manson and putting him on TV from his jail cell, like, giving him airtime. And, I, th- like, I thought, I think times have changed enough where... I don't think that would happen today. You know, like a somebody who did the horrible things that he did, if some TV program decided to go to the jail cell and interview this person and give them like half an hour or an hour of time, I think people would rightfully be outraged and say, what are you doing? And yet, That was totally normal. Times have changed in that regard. The story itself still seems to fascinate, but I don't think the platform that he got is something that you would necessarily give um, somebody like that today.